Hey y'all and welcome to Culture Cult, where we are one podcast with 197 countries to explore stories and history from. I'm your host Marie and this episode we're diving into a country. So each season we will feature different countries to highlight, whether it be by randomly spinning the globe, fan choice, or featuring a local from a certain country and hearing their perspective. You can have a say in the next country featured by following our Instagram at Culture Cult Show. Also remember to comment, rate, and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening on and cheers and enjoy. Today, my grandmother, Lolly, will be rejoining us for the second episode of Greece. And we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite, which is Greek mythology. But before we dive into that, I know, Lolly, you mentioned she wanted to make a correction. And and I just want to also say this podcast is just about passionate people, loving cultures. We're not historians. So if there's a correction, we will talk about it. Also, please feel free to email me any corrections that you want to talk about on the podcast at culturecultshow at gmail.com. Lolly, did you want to say your correction real quick? Yes. Thank you, Marie. In our last trip to Greece, I said the Areopagus was the marketplace. Actually, it was the Agora. The Areopagus is a mountain that's beside the Parthenon. And it's where people can climb up there, as St. Paul did, and look down over the uh, the uh, marketplace, which is the Aragon. So I just wanted to correct. Mm-hmm. I said the Agro um, is the marketplace. The Areopagus is a mountain. So I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. See, perfect. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know any different. Thanks but. for giving me that. <laughs> yeah. They both start with A, and they're easily confused. It's Yeah. And the Greek words are very long, so <laughs> I get it. So we're going to do how this is going to work. I'm going to do my favorite mythology story. It's been my favorite, I think, the entire time since I was learning about mythology. And then Lolly's going to say, I think, one or two. But the first one is my favorite story, which is the story of Persephone, which is such a great name, first of all. And she is the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. And we all know Zeus is. Demeter is the goddess of harvest. And Persephone was beautiful and she was always in the fields tending to grains and flowers. And this attracted Hades, the Lord of the underworld. And he fell madly in love with her, but from afar until he couldn't take it anymore. And he abducted Persephone and the earth opened up and they descended into the underworld. So this threw Demeter, the Persephone's mother, into extreme distraught because her daughter was her only love in this world. And she made it a point to keep men away from her. She went into incredible panic and did not know where her daughter went, except for Zeus and Helios, the sun god, witnessed the kidnapping. Helios, the sun god, felt bad for Demeter and told her what he saw. This threw Demeter into even more of a rage and depression, and she wanted to punish the gods. So she did what she knew would punish everyone. She stopped harvesting and caring for the earth. The earth began to dry up. Plants died, leading to all the animals dying. Famine started to spread across the whole earth. The cries of people on earth were forcing Zeus to pay attention. He promised Demeter Persephone can return if she can prove Persephone stayed against her will. Otherwise, she will become Hades' wife, queen of the underworld. This seemed easy enough, I mean, considering Persephone was kidnapped. But when Hades heard of this, he offered Persephone a pomegranate as a peace offering. And at this time, she had not touched or eaten anything, but she warmed up to the offering because she saw hope in her way out. So she ate a few pomegranate seeds, but he had tricked her because if someone eats from the underworld, the more they crave the underworld. So when Zeus asked Persephone where she wanted to live, she said with Hades, this drove Demeter into a fever again. And she said she will never give harvest to the earth again and everything and everyone will die. 
Zeus then came up with the solution that six months of the year, Persephone will stay with Hades, and on the other months, she will stay with on Earth with her mother Demeter. While Persephone is on Earth, the ground and the flowers and the harvest flourish, and there's life. But once she leaves, Demeter retreats, and everything slowly dies. So I love the story because this Greek mythology of Persephone and Hades explains why we have seasons such as summer and the dead of winter. I I love that because honestly, I I wouldn't know any different. I'm not even that good at science now. If someone told me that's how seasons work, I'd be like, that makes sense. Someone got kidnapped and the mother goddess got mad. And yeah, of course, that's how we have winter. Wonderful story, Marie. And the ones I'm going to tell also involves Hades. It's interesting that we both chose mythology. Oh, really? Uh, mythological <laughs> he's interesting because everyone else gets to be a like god of the sun, the ocean, and he gets to just dwell under earth in a dark, dank space alone. This poor guy. Like, well, and, and guy. I think to the Greeks that the differences between the heaven, the earth, and the underworld, they were three very equal places in the Greek mind. Mm. And the story I have that involves Hades is the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. And this is, um, I I think you'll find this uh, interesting in relating to what you have just told about Hades. Now, this story is about a musician, but he's also a hunter. His name is Orpheus, and he played the harp. And he was married to a a lovely, uh, she was actually a nymph in the story. Her name is Eurydice, and she was running uh, through the woods one day, and she was attacked and uh, bitten by a snake, and so she died. And Orpheus absolutely adored this uh, Eurydice, and he was heartbroken. And so Amor, who was the god of love, saw how Orpheus was grieving, so he said, well, I'll tell you what, you can go to Hades and and get her back. But you've got to get through the gates to Hades, which is guarded by a dog. And that dog's name is Serbius. Now, if you can take your harp and you can charm him with your music, he will let you through the gate and you can go into Hades. So Orpheus got his harp and he approached the gate. And sure enough, his music was so beautiful that Serbius let him through the gate. Well, he searched all over Hades and he finally found his lost wife, who used Eurydice. And he played the music and she heard him and she came to him and she was so thrilled to see him. And their love was was rekindled after all this time to being separated. Well, there was one caveat that was given to him by Amor, and that caveat was, if you find Eurydice and you play the harp and she follows you, you may not look back. You've got to face forward and go through the gate, and you cannot look back to see if she's following you. Well, Orpheus was so thrilled to be able to go, he had consented to that caveat. So when he found Eurydice, he played the harp, and she's following him, but he didn't look back at her at all. And she began to worry, he doesn't love me anymore. And she began to fall back and fall back. Should I follow him? I don't know that he loves me. Well, he got concerned because she didn't make any noise. He didn't know she was following. He got so worried, he turned and looked back and she died immediately. Mm. Oh, she had to die twice. (laughs) Right. And so that was a very sad thing. Also, real quick, Lolly. I don't know if you remember this, but in Harry Potter, the first movie and book, 
the the way they get to um i don't know what it's called but like the under under part of the castle there's a dog with three heads and there's a harp playing and that keeps the dogs asleep and then they have to get under the dogs under the trap door but then the harp stops and that's when the dogs get upset so that is absolutely a reference from that mythology I think you're right, Maria. I wasn't aware of that. I think that shows another influence over the Greek mythology on our modern day literature, because the Harry Potter series certainly is very popular. And I think when you hear something like that, if you know the background of some of this, it makes that Harry Potter story even more meaningful. Yeah, it's just like, it's so awesome to know J.K. Rowling loves these stories, too. And And I I think so much of our modern literature and and our poetry all is so related to Greek mythology. And I think it's wonderful that you picked up on that. Now, there's another one that you might find interesting. It is the story of Narcissus. Oh, I love this one. Maybe you know about Narcissus as a plant, and there's a reason for that. The story of Narcissus is about a young man who was walking through the woods, and he was a very handsome young man. And as far as we know, he was an innocent man and a good man, but he was young. Well, he's walking through the woods and he sees a stream of water. In the middle of the stream, there's this beautiful deep pool and it's very refreshing looking. And it reminds Narcissus that he's thirsty. So he leans into the pool to get a drink of water. And in doing so, he sees this beautiful, lovely face in the pool. Well, he falls in love with this face. He's overwhelmed with the beauty of this face. (laughs) Well, he is so enamored with it. He wants to hug it. He wants to embrace it. He wants to caress this beautiful figure in the pool. So he leans forward to embrace it. And, of course, he falls forward into the pool and he drowns because he has only seen his own reflection. Well, that's kind of a sad thing. But one good thing that came out of it mythologically, he becomes a flower. And this flower blooms beside the pond where he drowned. And this flower was called the Narcissus. We've given it another name as well. We call it the Daffodil. And so there's been a lot of poems written about it. The Daffodils or Narcissus now bloom in the early, early spring. They usually pop up out of the ground and they're bulbs. You have to plant them in October and then they bloom up in February, March, and April, depending on what part of the country you live in. But in the South, they usually bloom in late March. And these beautiful yellow blossoms come up out of these green stems. And now I have two reasons for to remember this story. And one reason is that the idea of the plant being beautiful and called the narcissus. But there's also a mental condition called narcissism, which is based on this. And narcissism has been designated as a psychological mental illness. The narcissist is a person who focuses entirely on themselves. They talk about themselves. They praise themselves. They look for ways to brag about their talents. Mm -hmm. But they also, worse than that, they disregard the welfare of another person. Mm -hmm. And so this narcissistic personality is treatable by um, medical people. And I don't know how exactly they are treated medically, but Mm -hmm. it is on the American Psychiatric Association considered a mental disorder. So it goes back to the idea of this young mythological man falling in love with himself to be 
to aggrandize your own talents to the point mm-hmm. that you are in disregard of other people. So narcissism has become a word in our Mm-hmm. vocabulary we talk about people being narcissists well if you hear that word you know it really a flower that's blooming on the side of the pond and this is just another word that we've gotten from greece narcissism there are just so many other words but that's a story for another day mm-hmm. i love it i love it because that's one of my favorite stories because you don't have to go far back in history to relate to someone who's a narcissist. I think we all have met someone who has narcissistic qualities and the portrayal of that, that is what's happening. You're not looking at your surroundings. You're just me, 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 me. And in this case, he drowned in a pond, but in other cases you lose friends. No one wants to be around you. You just drown in your own misery, but a lot of narcissists, they don't know. And they don't care. I, I, I think you're exactly right, Marie. And I would say this, all of us have narcissistic tendencies in our personalities, mm-hmm. that self-love, that feeling to be special. And if we listen carefully to the advertisements, it is all appealing to that narcissistic potential in our personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be special. You listen carefully to the advertisement. You buy this product, it'll make you more beautiful. It'll make you run faster. It'll make you more attractive. It'll make you more desirable. And all of this is aimed at your narcissistic side of your personality. And many of us are narcissists without knowing it. But I think we all have a a tendency toward that narcissistic uh, characteristic. Mm -hmm. We have to be on guard of that. Yes. And so again and again, I would say to you that the Greek influence in our culture is in everything, in our art, our music, and even in our advertisements. Yes, I love it. And now this is just going to be just a short, quick episode we just wanted to do on a couple mythologies because there's so much to talk about Greece. And I, I was feeling overwhelmed by the amount of mythology stories, but I went ahead and picked my favorite one and you picked yours. But I highly recommend the story of Odysseus. That's by Homer. That's always, always a good one if you do like mythology stories. But this is a shorter episode. And I just wanted to say thank you, Lolly, for coming on again. Our next episode will be on Greece versus Sparta, which is the one I'm so excited about. So I guess I will see you next time, Lolly. And I'm going to try to say thank you again. It's if Car. I don't know why this is so hard for me. If caresto? If caresto. If caresto. That means thank you in Greek. Think, think of the word Eucharist and then Eucharist. you just Eucharist. If caresto. If, if caresto. Again, if caresto. Thank, you in That's, Greek. thank you in Greek. Yes. Right. And uh, check out our next feature, which uh, will be Sparta versus Athens, which I'm so excited. All right. See y'all next time. <laughs>